You're listening to 2.23am with Dr. Christine McDougall. Are you ready for a new kind of success and fulfillment? End the silent struggle. Join us as Dr. Christine McDougall speaks to successful, high-achieving men as they share their journey towards a more fulfilling and sustainable life and business and discover the better alternative. It's 2.23am and the life of your future is calling. There are some enterprises that just restore your faith in humanity. My conversation with James Bartle, the founder and CEO of Outland Denim, is one of those experiences. Outland Denim, which uh, produces just fantastic jeans, uh, is really uh, on a mission to end slavery in the world. And I have no doubt after my conversation with James today that they will achieve this goal and they will do it in a way that is uh, literally restoring dignity to so many people. I was very blessed to have this conversation and, uh, and have my uh, faith in people like us creating businesses like this and the capacity that that has to make real change in the world. If you're considering purchasing a pair of jeans, I would strongly recommend that you consider Outland Denim. You will not only be buying a fantastic pair of jeans that will last you a lifetime, you will be helping humanity and helping women restore dignity to their lives. We covered lots of things in this conversation, including the struggles of getting a social enterprise up and running, and then the wonderful massive effect of a certain royal family member wearing a pair of jeans and how that suddenly escalated Outland Denim into, onto the world stage. Please enjoy this wonderful conversation with James Bartle from Outland Denim. All the links and so on will be in the show notes as usual. Thank you. So, no, before this, because yes. I, I tried to find your previous existence on social media. I didn't really, um, you know, but I, couldn't. I saw you flying through the air on a bike. Yeah, yeah. Um, motorized bike. But yeah. So what was before that, you know, brought you to this place where you go, this is what I want to do? You know, what was that? Well, the very first thing was watching the Liam Neeson film, Taken. Oh. And um, that was two years before I actually got to see anything myself firsthand as far as okay. human trafficking goes. But, you know, I know the, the film is a fictional film and it's, um, you know, obviously a typical Liam Neeson film where he's yeah. a, a hero and he's a, a bit of a Rambo-style yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he, you know, at the end of the film, after his daughter and her friend had been abducted and um, taken and stolen and sold for as a commodity for sex... Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, it had some stats just saying that these things still occur around the world. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that was a really rattling moment. I um, I remember leaving the, the movies that night. I was with my wife and some friends and I um, I just felt such rage and anger. And, you know, I genuinely thought, well, how do I 
how do I be a part of solving this problem? And the right. first thing your brain goes to is, well, you start some sort of vigilante and you come against these <laughs> the perpetrators. You find them and hunt them down and eradicate these people from the planet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, as you cool down a little bit and you realize that's ridiculous um, and doesn't solve anything, um, we, we started to research. And um, two years after watching that film, I had the opportunity to travel into... Um, Southeast Asia with right. a rescue agency. Right. Um, I was actually at a festival um, doing a freestyle motocross show where I met these guys who were promoting their event and, uh, uh, sorry, promoting their yeah, yeah, work. Uh, their work. And yeah. um, they, after we got talking, they invited me to come and see it firsthand. And so I guess that, that there was a life-changing experience for me, something I can't ever um, forget or turn away from. And so therefore... For me, what we do with Outlandanum is it's not just about a job or creating a business or anything like that. It's it's something way deeper. It's a, yeah. something that I can't escape. Mm. That works for me. Yeah. Um, so you were do were you a motor, was that what you were doing? Is yeah. that how you were like yeah. keeping the That's walls right. from the so, door? Yeah. So I was doing freestyle motocross shows um, and. Um, I'd been riding bikes my whole life. I, um, okay. I got to a uh, professional level as a as a motocross racer, and then went into freestyle motocross. And then from from that, I went to here. But in the meantime, I started a business to fund the start of this project, which was a metal fabrication business. Okay. And and we used that um, along with um, lots of generous people who would donate, or yeah. um, you know, we would. We were flipping sausages and hamburgers to, um, you know, raise money to get here. And I can re I can remember um, one moment where I'm, I'm, I had one person employed to help um, yeah. in developing this project. And um, but I was running this business, so I would go and weld late into the night, and then I'd have, uh, you know, a few hours th at different stages throughout the day at the office, yeah. you know, talking through things. And but I remember I needed to get to Cambodia for the next trip, and um, literally counting out gold coins right. out of a milk bottle that my uncle had given me as a donation toward right. what we're doing, you know. And that that was literally yeah. the kind of beginnings that we had. It was, you know, make as much money as we can to fund this project, to prove a concept. And um, that concept took five, nearly six years yeah. to be able to prove. And that was that under the right business model, that these people who have been exploited um, horrifically that have been made vulnerable to circumstances that are well beyond their control, mm -hmm. have the ability to then rebuild their lives, mm -hmm. for them to be the ones responsible for rebuilding their lives and therefore have a real generational and community impact beyond what uh, charity and aid yeah. currently can give. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's an amazing impulse. Um, extraordinary and it's so interesting because in the work that I do with people a lot of the times what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to go back to what I call the source idea you know it, it and really connect with that mm. because if it's big enough and important enough you'll do whatever you need to do to, yeah exactly <laughs> to have exactly. that come to life and yeah. it just it seem it has its own animating sort of spirit to it that yeah. that uh, just consistently shows up and you sometimes you could be sitting there and going yeah. Can you just, you know, like, 
seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I chose this, or yeah. you chose me, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. um, it's confronting, but I, you know, I also often say um, that I think to our advantage is the fact that I've been able to see what I've seen now, and that's mm-hmm. what takes it away from just being a business. You know, yeah. I mean, we could have followed so many times in this journey. Yeah. Um, we couldn't afford. Uh, there's been days where I've gone. I I need to pay wages next week, and it's not like if you missed wages here in Australia where people would probably be okay. It's a little very different when yeah. you're talking about um, these these communities abroad. Yeah. So it's a really overwhelming experience to know that I don't know how I'm going to pay for wages. Right. And we have always been able to find a way. And, you know, I, I think I think God has just has uh, had, to, had to perform many miracles for us to be able to get to here, that's right. for sure. Because... Um, it's it's literally been beyond our experience or knowledge or anything yeah. like that. But because I've seen a little girl on my very first trip into Southeast Asia in Thailand for sale, it couldn't have been more than 12 or 13 years old. And I got to see the fear and intimidation in her eyes. And, you know, it's hard to be able to convey what that experience really yeah. looks like. But for somebody who's been able to look into the little girl's eyes and know that potentially her life changed forever that night and more than likely did um, and there was nothing that I did about it or anybody else did about it and that's happening for millions yeah. of women around the world yeah. I can't turn my back on that yeah. I have two little girls of my own yeah. and there's nothing I would yeah. there's no end to what I would yeah, do yeah, yeah. to prevent them from having to suffer these yeah, things yeah. and so I wonder you know, what brought that little girl yeah, to that yeah. place and how did she get to a position of vulnerability that meant that she was for sale so that some um, man can have his way sexually with her you yeah. know or um, it, it's a really confronting um, vision to see and that plays to our advantage in that I only have to picture what it is I'm fighting for mm-hmm. and I go there's no end to what I need to do or will do to be able to see this through and to see that this becomes something that's really powerful in the lives of the people that we employ and that's why we exist. Yeah. Whew. So um, it's so interesting. Um, so you ask the question, what brings, you know, what creates the conditions for that to happen? Do you have, have you reached any conclusions about that? Because it's, it's a complicated, maybe complex, yeah. you know, is the right word for this. It's really, really complicated. And it's, and it is, it, there's so many facets to it. Um, and it all compiles into something that's so horrible that impacts people in such a terrible way. But the, the root cause of the majority of what I've seen is poverty. Um, right. And when people are so poor that they can't necessarily put food on the table for their children yeah. or um, we're, as human beings, driven to do things that we never thought we would probably even do. You know, yeah. Some of these um, people find themselves volunteering to do these kinds of things based out of desperation. Yeah. And so I guess I soon came to realise that it wasn't that there was just bad guys out there. These bad guys often came from... A position of where they've been exploited horribly themselves, themselves and no, yeah. no different. And so I guess it, when I look at this problem, I look at it more from the angle of, well, how do we create an economy that supports those who are vulnerable? And if we could create something that was self-sustaining versus charity or give back programs, yes. which aren't, are genuinely not sustainable, yeah. Um, based on the fact that they can't replenish themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's a constant ask. It is. Yeah, constant handout situation. Yeah. Yeah. And as somebody who's 
genuinely um, compassionate toward um, these people that we yeah. exist to, to serve and help. I even scroll through social media and see the call-outs and, and I'm, I'm bored of it. Yeah. I'm tired of it and I yeah. flip past. Yeah. So I can only imagine those who haven't had the, um, the opportunity to be educated on these things yeah. yet how even less engaging it is. So I, I believe that if we can create business, bring back good old-fashioned values where business is about benefiting everybody in the process. Um, and, then it, and then everything changes. Yeah. I mean, I can never imagine that my grandfather would have ever gone about a job where he knew that he was directly exploiting or indirectly exploiting mm another human being for his own profit. I just cannot picture yeah. it, not for a second. Yeah. But somehow it's crept into society where it's okay that our supply chains are full of exploitation. It's yeah. okay that our, the food that's growing, the clothes that are worn, is enslaving people yeah. so that we can have product at the price we'd like it so that we can still experience in the luxuries of life that we enjoy here in countries like Australia. Yeah. It's happening though. This, the, the real sad part of, about this is, and it's not just in fashion exploitation and so on, but it's happening in what we put in parentheses advanced countries, which I would argue <laughs> are not necessarily advanced. Um, I actually listened to um, something the other day where a young, interestingly, young white men in the United States are now waking up to what it feels like to be enslaved. Yeah, wow. Wow. Um, which I think is a good thing to realise. Mm. It's, it's, it's hurts and it's mm. powerful. Mm. But to, to, to actually recognise mm. that they are enslaved to and within this. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, um, it, you know, in the work that I do and really looking at the colonising impulse, which is still a very, very strong impulse mm -hmm. happening right now on the world stage in multiple places... You know where where the big guy can go in and take over whether it's a country or a city or mm. a nation or mm. a peoples and just extract and yeah. suck the juice out and walk away with the wealth mm. and leave you know and so so it's interesting because what I'm now very committed to is working with businesses who are who are as you say you know how we can actually bring people together to work yeah. about thing work around things that we all care about that mm. can actually make a difference yeah and I you know whether we um I call myself you know call me naive I'm happy to have that um <laughs> if we're not <laughs> an idealistic I'm happy to be those yeah, two yeah, as well yeah. because if we don't have an ideal that um dignifies every human on earth to yeah. be able to do something to yeah. contribute to society that adds value mm. why would you know like what else is there you exactly. know <laughs> no, no, I entirely agree with you it's a um it, I mean, for me, that that is the thing. It's um, it's not possible, in my opinion, to um, claim that we are a moral society when we blatantly expose, exploit, um, mm -hmm. sorry, exploit, exploit those that are um, yeah, that are producing the yeah. things that we like. You know, so it's um, but but I also would say that um. Uh, we're uneducated and the problem is is far removed yeah. um, from us and from our site. So um, it's not as simple as just going, well, we should do better. It's yeah. not that simple. We absolutely should do better, but 
it's the job of brands and companies like ours to make it accessible, to yeah. make it easy for you to be able to be a part of the solution. Yes. Because you've got a busy life and yeah. there's a lot happening and you're a good person. Yes. And you don't want to intentionally exploit anybody. Yeah. Um, we know that. And so for us, we are the ones that want to go and make the opportunity for those that are um, in these situations of exploitation um, yeah. or slavery or yeah. whatever it might be yeah. and then make it make it easy for you to be a part of that solution. Right. So what do you do when you, um, how did you manage the many times, and I could well imagine that there were way too many times that you want to count, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and there probably still will be, yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> where you're up against that, that uh, the precipice of, you know, something needs to happen and it needs to happen now. So what do you do, how do you, how do you manage that yourself? You know, what's your own process through that? The reality is I can't manage it myself. Um, Very good answer. <laughs> you know, that is the reality. I have a really strong Christian faith and right. um, if it wasn't for that, I'd be a nervous wreck. I right. honestly would be. You know, I've, I could tell you story after story of like the, the miraculous things that have happened. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a real churchy kind of guy. I don't really attend a church or anything like that. Right. But, I, um, but I have this really strong belief in God and his sovereignty. And right. I, can, I can take you to the day, you know, many times where it has been it's over yeah and that feeling of dread and anxiety just yeah. overtakes you um, yeah. in a physical way yeah. um, not just mental yeah and you know I can remember my wife looking at me one day I was sitting on the edge of the bed and I'm not a guy that's prone to anxiety or anything right. like that I'm I'm, uh, I'm uh, optimist well obviously through through. throwing yourself and in the air on a bike is not necessarily no. an anxious person no exactly right yeah <laughs> exactly but you know she's like wow I've never seen you like this and it right. was because the the reality of hopping on an aeroplane and flying to see these girls and saying, I'm so sorry, but I can't keep this going. Yeah. Knowing what waits for them at the other side right. of that conversation is an overwhelming, horrible, scary thought yeah. to me. And the only thing in those situations left is to pray. Yeah. And that's exactly what I've done. Every single time that this company's got to that, that's, that's the thing I've done. Yeah. And so regardless of what anybody's beliefs are, that's how I've got through. Yeah. I've got through on just knowing that, you know, I believe that if a God created these people, yeah. regardless of the good and bad things that happen in the world, he must He must love them. He yeah. must. Yeah. So I believe he put us human beings here to look after each other. Right. And I think it's actually our responsibility. Yeah. And so therefore I think that he'll make way. And even if it doesn't seem possible, I think there's always a way. And that doesn't mean you can't work yeah. hard. You don't have to knock on doors and try and, you know, yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. it's really humiliating because, I mean, gee, you know, yeah, there's been times where I've, who do I know that's got any money? Can yeah. I borrow to get through this? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's literally been the journey. Um, you know, we've, we've, you know, had some incredible success in the um, last two years <laughs> since we launched the yeah. brand. And, and I think that stems back to the fact that we spent those first five years yeah, a lot of research. developing and yeah. actually employing people right yeah. through that period. So it was a, it was an absolute drain on, on, you know, everybody's, you know, on our bank account to be yeah, able yeah. to go, um, we're going to pay people to learn and we're going to test this business model. And as we tested this business model that we've built on four major pillars, we discovered that it was way more powerful than we ever dreamed yeah, of it yeah. being. Um, I just got a, um, a call this morning well, actually, a, a message left on my phone from um, our environmental and social impact manager who's in Cambodia at the moment. Yeah. Her job is to um, always monitor the impact of the business on people and planet. Mm -hmm. 
well, she was doing home visits with um, all of our staff. And so obviously it's a really time-consuming thing. But I got the message. I'm just listening to it. And she's nearly in tears just going, I just can't believe that I get the privilege to go and see these people. Like yeah. that, how how they live and, and the difference that this business can make. And the one resounding thing that always comes back through all of the visits is that they all say they can't believe management would ever come and visit us. Yeah. They can't believe that you actually care about us, that you and want to invest in us. And to me, when I get that kind of feedback, I go, it's working. You know, yeah, yeah. It's not just working uh, on an economic yeah. level. It's working well, well beyond that, yeah, way yeah. deeper than that. And... You know, we've got amazing stories of this business model being able to, through no other um, way but the women themselves working hard for this and them being the change maker, changing their lives through this kind of employment or through employment without land denim to the extent where they've been able to build a home, family living under a tarp, um, buy a sister back from a man that owned her. Um, buy a motorbike for transport for family, education. Yeah. I mean, living wages just in general of all of those opportunities that yeah. we get to experience here in, in yeah. our country. But well beyond that, the equipping so that, yes, they're earning more money now than they've earned before, but they're also being equipped to manage it, see it go yeah. as far as it can. They're getting taught things like fine in finance, like budgeting, um, you know, preparing for the future, saving for college, saving for medical expenses, um, and all of these things that we might take for granted, you know, healthcare, self-defense, like it's a huge range of things that they become educated on, that they're paid to become educated on. And we see the impact just go so far broader than, than what we ever expected it would really have. So the business model, um, I, I, can you just say a little bit about that? I know it's yeah. on your website, but you know because sure. it's really important yeah. that people understand. Absolutely. That. Yeah. Well, the first thing I say is our business model is not a give back and it's yeah. not a charity. Yeah. And I like to say this part because this shocks people, but the women who make the jeans don't get anything from the sale of the jean. Right. When I say that, it's not they don't get a give back from it. Yeah. They're paid to make it. Yeah. And then they're paid to learn. And this business model is powerful because it's actually done the right way. It's done where they are paid fair wages with bonuses just like we'd get in our country. So if we do a good job, if we progress in our skill level, we go up a ranking, we earn more. But the very minimum anybody can ever earn with us is a living wage, which in Australia would be... Um, like somebody earning a minimum wage. Um, So I've come out of university and I'll go into my first job. But for us, we're actually having to employ people that don't have any skills. So they're of no real value from that level yet. But then we train them into um, their skill sets. And so then over a two and a half, three year period, they become experts in denim. And that's also very rare because if they were to go and work in a garment factory, they would be producing one item that, like, it might be a pocket that goes on the jean for the rest of their life. Sometimes, I mean, you kill yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you might be lucky to have a job, but oh my god! Absolutely. So, being able to give them like a genuine career path, they learn every aspect of the jean. So, some of them go into being leaders of the cutting team or pattern making or a range of different things. And we're we're always looking to. Um, deepen that experience as well yeah. and what how can we improve it and it for, for it to right. be more value valuable f- right. for them so once they've got the training and they've got the living wages there's the the opportunity i guess was the very first thing because 
they've been given this opportunity that and they're probably women that may not get opportunity otherwise. Yeah. So so it's also really important. But then the educational part of what we do yeah. is um, I think one of the most powerful parts because it yeah. it equips them to manage now what they've got. Yeah. Um, and if you put all of those things together, it's really powerful. And if you take one of those elements away, yeah. it loses its power. Yeah. Um, and we know this because we've sp- we spent five years of actually testing that. Yeah. We had good results and bad results. We had results of overpaying and yeah. the negative impact of overpaying. Right. Just like we would have here yeah. in our country yeah. when you bring on an apprentice and yeah. you pay him as a tradesman. Yeah. And all of a sudden, or we've seen it in the mining industry, yeah, yeah. we've got all these tradesmen coming out thinking that they're worth the same money out in a yeah. domestic trade than they were when they were in this industrial yeah. um, trade within the mining industry. And um, the reality is it's they're not. Yeah. So it's it's about putting all of those things in place so that it equips them in the, in the best way possible for them to go forward, be independent. It's yeah. never creating a dependency on the brand, never mm-hmm. trying to create a dependency on... Uh, charity or anything yeah. like that because again it creates only that dependency mm. yeah so what do you hold and I'm going to come back to the ripples because there's an important piece there but what do you hold you know if you if you can look back um, and how old are your children now They're two and five two and five yeah. so if you can look back in say 25 years when you've got mm. Um, and look back, w- w- what is it that you would see um, as a result of the work and the commitment that you've made towards this venture? The dream is that we can prove that this is a financially viable model. Yeah. This is really the only kind of model that should exist in yeah. a developing world. We right. should not be allowed to go into a um, third world developing nation or anybody uh, or any area that is struggling and take its resources for our own benefit um, without them being paid fairly for it. I want that to become normal. Um, Modern slavery is a bigger problem today than it's ever been in history. I want that to be gone. Um, I want those who are well off to fight for those who aren't. And that doesn't mean in another country even. That could mean your neighbour. There's a movie I watched... Um, a long time ago called Pay It Forward and it's always stuck with me. And the concept of the movie was this little boy um, for a school project had to create a a project that would impact the world in some way and his project was that if you do something kind for somebody, they're not to pay it back to you, they're to pay it forward to somebody else. And I love the concept and I've tried to live my life by it, is that if we are able to help these women in Cambodia that they don't owe us anything. Yeah. Now you've got the opportunity to be able to pay that forward. And yeah. we've got um, stories that have come back to us over the, over the past nearly eight years now yeah. of doing this where women have gone and just off their own bat, nothing yeah. to do with us, helped another woman yeah. set up a business, buy the fabric for her, buy yeah. the... You know, it's, it's incredible to see that starting yeah. to happen. Yeah. And so I go, well, if you can have a workforce, if we can build this into something that has enough power and that's the mentality that you can instill Mm. into your staff yeah what can happen yeah can nations be changed i i actually believe they can yeah um i know it's big and optimistic but can poverty be solved can we solve that problem yeah we 
We, we can. There is enough money on this universe There's absolutely to do <laughs> enough money. There, there is, is no enough... scarcity of money, no, no scarcity of food, no yeah. scarcity of energy, actually. There's no scarcity of all of the things that require adequate human life for every human being. Right? We just need to steward it right. And yeah. that's, that's where I see it, it becoming quite difficult, but possible. Yeah. Um, I, I always use the example of Richard Branson um, being able to create a, a rocket to take customers to the moon. Right. How insane was that? concept 20 years ago yeah no way in the world yeah now it's a reality yeah but richard branson believed it could happen and was prepared to put his resources behind it well even in the model that i use the, the the metaphor that i use all the time um i actually knew the speech at one stage by heart with jfk we choose to go to the moon we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do other things not because it is easy but because it is hard because yeah. that will test us like i'm yeah. losing it now but to put that into context in 1961 yeah. when he made that speech yeah. Yeah. and then eight years later yeah. men go to the moon and come back again yeah. using less technology than we have available in our pocket. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. so anyone that says to me that we can't eradicate poverty, create uh, a, um, energy future for all mm. humans, all mm. of these things um, is... It, it, it's not true. It's just that we don't have the will. And so how do we create the will? Yeah, and absolutely. And so, I, yeah. you know, this is where my work is, which yeah. is how do I support enterprise, human enterprise, that are actually committed to this type yeah. to, to rather than rearrange deck chairs on the Titanic or fight for the best seats on the deck chairs of the yeah, Titanic yeah, yeah, yeah. or try and fix the Titanic, yeah. let's build a new boat. Yeah. And yeah. let all of the Titanic-obsessed people worry about their own boat, build new boats and yeah. go, here we are. When yeah. people like us create businesses like this, this is what happens. Yeah. It's not what just happens uh, within the business. It's not what happens just within the people in the business. Here is the effects of what mm. happens when we do this. Absolutely. And here's how that can leave the earth better than when we started that's right and I, I think that's an important point that you make especially within fashion at the moment there's a lot of talk around slow fashion and the way that that is that is how we solve this problem but i always look at it and i think well it's the best thing we've got and it's great that that's happening um absolutely I, i'm all for that um but it's certainly not a solution yeah. um it is a band-aid solution yeah. i'm interested in looking for a solution and yeah. partnering with people that want to find the solution to this and i know that Often I'll go into a meeting with, you know, uh, a, a different organisation and that is the goal and they will often have comment like, James, I don't think you know what you're um, asking. <laughs> but I genuinely believe that if we don't have our focus on that, on the actual solution, yeah. Yeah. we will always fall short. Yeah. Um, and so I think that when it comes to fashion, I think, yeah, absolutely, it could be one of the greatest players in ending modern day slavery. I yeah. think it could be one of the greatest players in ending some of the environmental issues that we face. And I mean, there's reports that will rate fashion as being between the second and fifth worst um, industries in the world yeah. um, as far as pollution goes. And yeah. I know we, we work with denim. Denim is one of the worst, if not the worst, within fashion, yeah. within the garment industry in the way that it pollutes yeah. waterways, um, the cotton, the use of water, all of those yeah. things. So for us, we say, well, what better way than to produce a product that we take a lot of pride in and we're so passionate about yeah. to solve these problems. Yeah. From an environmental perspective, I mean, when we started this, I anybody who started to talk about the environmental issues was a tree-hugging hippie in my book. 
But as I got into this, oh my gosh, yeah. But as I got into this and I became more educated, yeah, I realized that you can't separate people and planet. And I started to see the way that modern day slavery, poverty, all of that sort of stuff tied into it. You know, you cannot, all of the UN SDGs, sustainable development goals, they are interconnected. You cannot separate them. You cannot solve poverty without solving the problems with capitalism. You can't, well, you know, I actually believe capitalism is broken, but you can't solve the, you know, they're so interconnected. They are, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, it's uh, Kevin Bales is a, is a you know the world leader on um, modern day slavery, and you hear the some of the research that um, they've done around actually deforestation and and um, the way deforestation is so closely connected to slavery, and yeah. then the ways in which that you could actually uh, fix some of these problems yeah. by reforestation. Correct. Um, and it's and it's so connected, not just because CO two is um, not being absorbed by trees because they are not there any longer. Worse, when a tree is chopped down because it has been made illegal, so it's done in an illegal manner where they're using usually slavery is attached to it, it yeah. then also releases all this CO2 that's absorbed into the atmosphere. Right. So it's so interconnected that yeah. you can't separate slavery and if we want to call it global warming, I know there's yeah. still a lot of debate around global warming or global cooling or whatever we want to call it, but... Um, We're treating the planet like shit. We is, are. It's just we, the simple truth, are. you know. <laughs> and, and, and I think that there is, there is ways that we can... I think that we can all come together and actually... Yeah. Uh, just... I guess it comes back to another issue too, doesn't it? We, we are so opinionated today... Um, and we are educated by not always factual news yeah. um, a lot of the time. Yeah. And so we, we take these opinions out into the world and we're prepared to spruik them from behind our phone screens into the world yeah. and really cause a lot of division. And what we need to see more of today is um, unity. Um, yeah. And we need to see it on a religious and on, a, uh, well, on every social level. Um, and um, not have groups and minorities and all of this. Yeah. There might be less of you, but we are one, yeah. you know. And that Australia was built on that, yeah. you know. And I sometimes think Australia has lost its way a little bit in, in this regard. Yeah. Um, and I know that it's a very complex issue and that I'm, I'm certainly not um, jumping on one side of the fence or the right. other other than just saying that if we were to come together on some of these issues... I think we would have success. Yeah. I really genuinely believe we would have yeah. success. Um, and so therefore, let's work with the experts to find the solutions like Kevin Bowles, who's found that through their research that, that deforestation is directly connected to slavery. Right. Well, now we know how to actually combat this problem yeah. firsthand. And those who are enslaved yeah. were probably coming out of poverty. And if they were coming out of poverty, well, then we've also got back to one of the root causes and the, the, the main root cause of slavery. Mm. And then, I mean, I can throw in literally on the way up, I was listening to a podcast um, where, and I have to research it to double check that it's correct, but where they put perspective on billionaires. Because I don't know whether you've, you're aware of this, but there's actually been this conversation that's occurring now where um, uh, in the last six months where there's, you know, why do we need a billionaire? And so because, you know, my work is around 
capitalism as well, um, and 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 business, and 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 uh, I'm not into exponential business. I'm into exponential humans, mm-hmm. you know, and exponential mm-hmm. relationships because yeah. for me that's the the real power. But this, um, he pointed out that t- to give a frame around what a billionaire is, um, a, a million seconds is eleven days. Mm-hmm. A billion seconds is thirty-one years. Oh wow. Wow, isn't that unbelievable? Isn't that unbelievable? And so, because the question is, you know, and and it's a moral and ethical question, why are we revering a billionaire when there is a single child on the planet that is uncared for, you know, at risk, all of that sort of stuff? And and I look at that and I go, there's something really broken about Mm. our reverence for in the in the business ecology and the Mm. entrepreneurial sort of that that says you know billionaire is an aspiration yeah yeah i i I mean there's obviously examples of all sorts i'd use one man that i've sort of watched for a fair while i have no idea if he's a billionaire or if he's just a millionaire but either way he's he's extremely wealthy um and andrew forrest okay forrest um, and I've always been very interested to watch in the way that, that he conducts himself and his business. And um, I know last year, I think he put in over $400 million yeah. into ending slavery. And, and I look at a guy like that and I go, that's the kind of guy you want to be a billionaire. Yeah. Because he's able to use that money to create massive change. The billionaire that's spending it all on um, sailing the world on that yacht, um, you know, potentially yeah. not. But again, I also go back to... It comes back to us as individuals. Yeah. Um, I think that the power is there. Mm. I think it's those, whether you, you're a billionaire or you're struggling to pay your bills each week, yeah. I think the responsibility is ours in the way we, we spend our money. Correct. In, in, in the but also we how, we, how we accumulate it. And so this is yeah. where, um, you know, I, I think there is always exceptions. But the majority of the ways, the major, um, there's um, an, an author's his book just came out at the end of last year called Winner Takes All. Um, his name's Anand Juradaharadas. Okay, he did well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um, there's exceptions to this, but in almost all instances, the way that the accumulated billions have come through, it goes back to your Kevin Bales looking at slavery, mm-hmm. has been through extraction and exploitation and appropriation. Yeah. And so it's like socialised billionaires and capitalised um, people, you know, mm. the, the middle people pay the taxes, the billionaires yeah. don't. And then the whole thing around philanthropy, which is, you know, now I've got my billions I can give back. Yeah. Also, now that I've got my billions, I can save you from the system, but don't ask me to change how I got here. And yeah. so there's that argument, which is yeah. you know like saying we want the arsonist to become the firefighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, in and you know if you look at resource, because my background's my father's a mining engineer, yeah. so I was raised in yeah, resource yeah. extraction. Sure. Resource extraction. Yeah. So if you look at the Alaska Fund, I'm not sure if you've heard of the Alaska I Fund. I have heard of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you know where every person living in Alaska gets a a dividend from the extraction from. Yeah from the earth yeah. as a recognition that they're citizens yeah, you know absolutely, yeah. and so they're the type of things that i think we have to start questioning how is this how is the system that we've created which is mm, um the mm. one that just is the air that we yeah. breathe we don't even ask the question of yeah, how is yeah. that created because it's in the end and it's like 
it is like climate change. The people that are paying the biggest price mm-hmm. are the people who have the less means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it, and that's just that's just a tragedy of mm-hmm. it. You know, it's it's uh, we got to. <laughs> So we got to create businesses that are going, here's how we can do it differently. Yeah, which is absolutely. No yeah. So speaking of which, it sounds to me, I mean, you were, a, has this been business school 101 for you? A business school? Yeah, I think my other business was business school 101 and this is um, not far beyond that, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a really steep learning curve right. and to go into something that's, you know, trading internationally and yeah, um, wow. with the... I, I guess with the challenges that come with yeah. that um, of um, working in a country like Cambodia, rated you know 135 out of 180 or 90 as the hardest countries to operate in by the World Bank in um, yeah. 2018, that alone has been a massive right. challenge. But then to take it to an international market, um, one that's already oversaturated, one that's the most competitive within fashion is denim, um, and then try and get cut through has yeah. been um, incredibly difficult yet um, satisfying journey to see the way in which we have had industry leaders want to be a part of this change and when they see what can happen through the um, production um, the uh, responsible production of of product the change that that can flow from that I think that that most people want to be part of that and we are just one small part of it there's a lot of organizations around the world trying to do similar things And we don't have all the answers. Um, we rely heavily on that, on people to support and buy the product. Yeah. But we also say only buy the product if you like it. Yeah. Um, if you don't like it, send it back and we refund it. Yeah, because yeah. we are about creating a genuinely sustainable brand, not yeah. one that relies upon donations. Yeah. And um, buying a jean because you feel sorry for these these women in another country. It's a wrong impulse. It, it is. And yeah. look, I started like that. Yeah. I started, I had absolute pity toward these incredibly hardworking yeah. Edu- well, now now educated, um, but but then just so capable. Yeah. But I but I pitied them, and it yeah. was the wrong approach. And as soon as I respected them for who they really are and the strength that they really did have, everything started to change. Yeah. Because now the responsibility was theirs, um, and the outcome was also theirs. Yeah. Um, and so we've seen such tremendous tremendous power in this business and this yeah. business model that that just motivates you to keep going yeah, yeah. i think if there wasn't that um foundation to what yeah. we do it would be really difficult to keep yeah. going yeah. you know i actually think i would have packed up you know yeah, yeah. five years ago yeah um, i wouldn't be here yeah um but man what a what a what an amazing journey to be able to be on and know yeah. that you're changing a part of and only one small part of changing people's yeah. lives through your business. Yeah. Well, you're giving you're giving people sovereignty over their choices and the yeah. ability to make sovereign choices. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, that they didn't have before. Yeah. Um, which is, of course, where slavery comes in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in, interestingly, so many of us even and and it's not a comparison because of the privilege, um, but so many of us are enslaved to so many different things. I think yeah, this is why absolutely. You know, yeah. <laughs> the so awareness, the so awareness comes up that, yeah. that are, um, uh, and, and whole systems and technologies are built to, to do exactly that, mm. you know, to keep mm. us enslaved yeah. to something that is, is, uh, is we don't even realise that we're not making sovereign choices around a whole other subject. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so... So what's the you're 
you you obviously had an amazing moment recently with yeah, a, yeah. with a certain woman stepping off a, yeah. a, a, a whatever out of a helicopter or a car or something like that wearing your jeans. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Were you prepared for that? No, look, not entirely. We um. We had heard that she'd try our jeans. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I mean, I know this is embarrassing, but I um, I didn't even know who Meghan Markle was. <laughs> Good for you. Yay! Um, <laughs> and Yay. Um, when I was, you know, when I discovered who she was and um, we... I thought, well, yeah, of course, that's that's pretty incredible. But I honestly never thought anything would ever come of that. I thought, right. oh, great, she's tried our jeans. That's, that, that's the end of that. I just landed that night, um, or the night before, in Cambodia um, yeah. to get back to uh, working over there. And um, woke up the next morning, my phone was was full of messages and Instagram posts and things talking about that Meghan Markle had hopped off a plane in Dubbo, New South Wales, wearing our jeans. And I was like, "Well, wow, that's yeah. that's that is pretty incredible." And then just to see what happened next yeah. was was mind blowing. I didn't think another human being had that kind of influence, but um, you know, we were our sales increased by a thousand percent immediately, three thousand percent globally web traffic. We we just saw a massive influx of interest into the brand. What we saw was media talking about the brand and using Meghan Markle to introduce it and then just talk about the brand and yeah. the impact of the brand. Yeah. Um, you know, the three months following, we're able to employ 46 new staff as a, as a result of the... Um, the Demand. Demand. Yeah. Um, and potential demand. And we're, we're always in that funny balance. Yeah, You've yeah. got to scale before you can fill yeah. it. And, and so, yeah, we've gone into new regions. We've gone into the UK far sooner yes. than, than planned yeah. um, as a result. Um, we've had, you know, just brilliant support. I mean, I think the most encouraging thing is that people will, people are just learning about the, the issues that, that yeah. really exist out there and going, this is a way I can support. And then when we get people buying our product and then repurchasing our product and, and we know that they're buying because they love our product, mm. yeah, that's the most satisfying thing. Yeah. And then if you think of it on terms of one of our seamstresses um, and they have come from, um, you know, pretty horrible backgrounds, yeah. some of them, and they go, I came from that, and now I'm not just a pocket maker, I'm an artisanal gene maker yeah. that makes jeans for a princess. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And if you want to talk about making real change, restore people's dignity, yeah. and then things change. Yeah. Steal people's dignity, yeah. and they're enslaved, absolutely yeah. enslaved. Yeah. And so for us... It's way deeper, and if there yeah. was ever an opportunity to be able to really genuinely explain the impact that she's made, because um, I don't believe that she would really know what she's done, but it is so deep and so powerful and so profound on the lives of those girls that yeah. that, that make those genes. Yeah, that I would just love for her to understand what she's done. Yeah, I I suspect um, at some point you know people in in those type of positions, I, I suspect that they get a sense of it. And mm. then it's it it's an, its own obligation, you know. What do I do mm. with this? Because mm. you can make choices around how you Absolutely. do that, yeah, you know, yeah. as well. And yeah. and uh, um, I suspect 
that it's pretty um, based on you know what I read and blah, 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 but also coming from even Charles who's very heavily always been very heavily involved in the environmental movement like yeah. massively involved yeah. in the environmental movement way before it was trendy yeah, yeah. <laughs> against huge opposition yeah, um, you know they have that 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 sort of um, background um, that makes it makes it come across as it's an authentic thing. Mm, yeah. Um, let's hope Look, so. For, for Meng and I, I have no question whatsoever yeah. that's an authentic thing. Yeah. I mean, well before she was a princess, she was standing for women's rights. And yeah. um, as an 11-year-old, I think I yeah. read that she that some some of the quite amazing yeah. things that she had accomplished already. Yeah. So I, um, I think she's an exceptional person that yeah. has used her power for absolute good. Yeah. Well beyond just us as a brand, yeah, yeah. Um, but us as a brand, we have we have benefited so greatly by yeah. her support, um, and um, and not just hers, yeah. um, those that were prepared to take a risk, yeah. and support our brand. I yeah. mean, they are they are the change makers, yeah. and without those people, nothing changes. Yeah, yeah. Have you um, just by the by? Have you um, read the Patagonian story? No, snippets, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you listen to things, but um, the uh, audio book of um, Let My People Go Surfing yeah. is really worth listening yeah, to. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, and part of the reason is because Yvonne um, Chouinard uh, talks about, because uh, his business was founded on a whim. Yeah, know, yeah. Like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> didn't he start by making um, rock climbing equipment or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... Uh, and I don't know whether you saw their declaration that they made just before the end of last year. They changed their purpose. Um, Patagonia made a statement to change their purpose, and I'm going to really botch it, but it is something um, to take care of our home planet. Okay. Is yeah. the purpose of Patagonia. Yeah. Uh, and um, and so the, the beautiful thing about the book that I think you'll find um, an extraordinary comfort is that he speaks about how they're still trying to figure it out, and mm. because they're also in the fashion industry, mm. um, that they, you know, they haven't got it right, and they're still no. working on it. Yeah. They're still, da, da, yeah. da, da, but this is where their commitment is, and yeah. this is where they're going. Absolutely, and, you know. Yeah, and then they fantastic. break the mold of, of of brand by saying, "Here's a jacket that you know we're going to guarantee is going to last for the rest of your life," and that breaks every retail. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> on the planet, you yeah. know, it's kind of like you just don't do that. That's yeah, exactly. that's retail suicide yeah. but Patagonia does it yeah, and yeah. All that sort of stuff yeah. so you might you might find some yeah absolutely nourishment Look, they're, they're an absolute inspiration and, yeah. and as a brand I know would you know myself and brand manager and communications have often looked to um, Patagonia as yeah. you know the current benchmark and yeah. we absolutely endorse everything that they're about and um, as a, as a brand ourselves, are absolutely inspired by them and just want to be a part of that journey. We don't believe we are the solution. We believe we're just a small part of it and um, want to work with others that have the same same goal in mind. And is, is there a, Are you sensing that in the fashion? Is there like a rising tide of this? Uh... It's interesting. I, I, about two and a half years ago, I went to a... Um, I'm not going to mention names, cause, but the, the larger, one of the larger fashion summits that you'd see in New York and... Um, to listen to the leaders of yeah. the industry speak. And I thought, this is going to be amazing because I'm going to go and learn about yeah. the way that they are tackling these, these yeah. issues that we, we face um, within the industry. And um, to be honest, all I heard was um, about moving to countries that could produce at the right price, right. that were cheaper. And, and really, so what I, what I heard was, this is how we're going to now 
pillage another country. Yeah. And and that's being very crass about it, yeah. but it's it's what I took away. And I was so disappointed and I thought, wow, that's really where the industry is at. That was only two years ago. Right. Or two and a half years ago. Today, it is a very different story. Yeah. So in two and a half years, yeah, yeah. the difference that I have seen yeah. in the industry is miraculous. Yeah. I see brands scrambling to, to create a story. Yeah. And so they will go on, if we speak within denim, they'll go and say, hey, is our environmental line? Yeah. Well, what that really means is the rest of your line isn't, yeah. but you do have this little environmental line. Yeah, yeah. Now, you can see it as a positive or a negative. I see it as a positive because I see that they see the need. Now, yeah. whether their motivations are sales or, yeah. or genuine motivation for change, I don't even care. Yeah. Right now, all I care about is the fact that we can remove as much out of yeah. production in a traditional way, or yeah. what we now know as a traditional yeah. way, into a modern way and the modern way is non-exploitive yeah. and us for a brand we have the hashtag zero exploitation and yeah. it's similar to what you've said about Patagonia it's not because that we're perfect yeah. it's because that our every decision we make as a brand comes from that place of are we exploiting yeah. someone or something in the process of this yeah and if we come from that place we will always improve yeah um, and we will always be better yeah. and we can yeah solve this problem yeah yeah, it's very good. So just is sort of like final um, question that I'll ask um, on this is uh, wh- where's the, you know, in, in this immediate next time you know, you've had this great um, <laughs> brand introduction to the world by a princess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if she's called a princess, but anyway, we'll yeah. call her a princess. Um, is, um, so where's, you know, what's the, what's the biggest uh, mountain you've got to climb now? Yeah, well, it's rapid growth. We're right. growing rapidly and funding something yeah. that grows as fast as what yeah. we're growing is really difficult. Um, is it something that you can slow the growth down on? Yeah, to a degree it is, but um, yeah. it actually some of it just happens. And so that's probably our greatest challenge is continuing to fund this. So Great. building sales to meet the the cost of growth. Yeah. Growth, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I am just really... Um, super delighted to meet you <laughs> as i am you super delighted with just the genuineness of your um of your mission you know it just it just comes across and and uh and um and also very proud that you're um a southeast queensland yeah <laughs> local yeah the last place on earth hey yeah To listen to more of these conversations and access the show notes, visit 223am.com. That's the number two, the number two, the number three am.com and experience a whole new kind of success and fulfillment. If you've got what it takes, experience a session directly with Dr. Christine McDougall. Visit 223am.com and apply now. Thanks for listening.